This is a previously recorded episode. You're listening to the Innovates podcast featuring speaker and innovation expert Michael Mode. We bring you innovation on the 8th with new episodes posted every day that ends in 8, the 8th, 18th, and 28th of the month. The Innovates podcast is part of the Podcast Detroit Network. For more information about Michael Mode and his corporate speaking and consulting services, please visit Innovates.com. That's I-N-N-O-V-E-I-G-H-T-S dot com or BigLightBulb.com. And now, get ready for another creative conversation with your host, Michael Mode. Welcome to another episode of Innovates. I'm your host, Michael Mode, and we've got another fun guest for you today. Uh, he's a, a New York-based magician who always uh, keeps up. He's always the, uh, on the cutting edge of the latest trends and technologies. Travels all over the world performing for uh, celebrity clients and corporate clients. And uh, in addition to that, Doug uh, is a consultant. He consults for companies on innovation and also for uh, many of the top names in magic on TV specials and live shows, including his uh, good friend David Blaine. He's uh, consulted on several of his TV specials, and we'll be talking about that, uh, as well as many other things. I'd like to welcome to the Innovates podcast, Doug McKenzie. How are you doing, Doug? Hey, Michael. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for uh, taking the time to talk with us. Oh, my pleasure. So you are, uh, like me, you're a magician, and uh, let's mm-hmm. talk a little bit about your start in magic. How did you get involved in magic? So, you know, when I was a kid, I was always a practical joker. Uh, um, and then I went to boarding school, which was you know, a life played well for that kind of a kid. So, you know, it just kind of expanded from, you know, jokes into magic. And I started reading a lot of magic books. And then um, when I was 18, I went to University of New York, uh, studied finance. And all my friends were doing their internships uh, at Merrill Lynch and Goldman Sachs. I was out at night doing magic for people. So it just kind of expanded naturally. Um, yeah. yeah. I, f- I find a lot of magicians are big practical jokers. It's that playful mindset that we have. And uh, I, I, know even... I, I remember I remember talking to you about that before, and you had some of the best practical jokes I think I've ever heard. <laughs> I, I've, been, I've been saving them. The, uh, the uh, airbag in the car. Oh, yeah. I remember that one you told me that's great when someone, uh, just so the listeners know what it is, uh, you keep a white uh, trash bag in your car, and if your passenger falls asleep, you take it out and you blow it up with air and twist it off, and then you hold it in front of their face and slam on the brakes, and they think it's an airbag. And uh, <laughs> you can have a lot of fun with that. I was just at a, a talk uh, with Steve Wozniak, the co-founder of Apple, and he's into magic, as you know. He's uh amateur magician and he started as a practical joker you know he said that apple started because they were trying to create this this device to make prank phone calls back in the day and, and trick the phone company oh, into getting awesome. free phone calls so i think that whole tinkering mindset and practical jokerness uh that's what leads to, to new ideas where now what are your some of your sources of inspiration other than practical jokes so um so I go on Reddit a lot, and I subscribe to all kind of fun subreddits. If you mm-hmm. guys know Reddit.com, uh, but they have this really cool subreddit called Life Hacks. And Life Hacks is really interesting because it's these kind of everyday common problems that people encounter, and kind of creative solutions to you know how people solve these problems. So it could be anything from how to fold a T-shirt. It's a really cool T-shirt folding one. Mm-hmm. Have you seen that one? I have. Yeah. Um, to how to use your pants as a life jacket. I think that's a really cool one to know as well, just in case. 
Is that where you um, fill them up with air? You tie the ends of them? and Yeah, you yeah. take your pants off, of course, underwater. You tie the legs around your neck, and then you use your hands to kind of plunge air into your pants. You know, I think that's just a clever solution to a problem that hopefully no one ever has to use. But, you know, I, I like that thinking. You know, so you look at these life hacks and you think, you know, these are creative solutions to, to problems. I love life hacks. I think they're a lot like magic tricks. You know, when yeah. you're, it's a different way of looking at something, trying to solve a, a challenge or a problem in a different way and using out-of-the-box thinking. And that's that's kind of what we do as magicians. Have, have you seen the one of how to remove a ring from a swollen finger? No, I haven't. Have you seen that one? It's, it's very clever, although I have to admit I was at, at an event once and somebody had a, a ring that they've never been able to take off their finger. And I made a bet with them that I could take it off and I ended up not being able to do it successfully. So on the video, it looks fantastic, but it's a lot harder than I think it's uh, than it looks. But the idea is that you take a piece of dental floss or uh, elastic band and you, you tie it around their finger progressively so that it squeezes their finger so it becomes small and thin. And then you tie the, you loop the ends, the very end of the elastic underneath the ring, and then you pull. And now because the finger is compressed with the elastic, as you pull and unwind the elastic, it kind of uh, nudges the ring over the elastic slowly uh, and pulls it off the finger. It's really clever, actually. Yeah, that's great. But not, not as easy. Yeah. That's one of the things I love about you. In addition to being one of my favorite magicians, whenever we talk, You've always got new ideas. You're always working on something new, and we bounce ideas back and forth. Uh, do you think, you know, what 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 inspires you to keep going and keep inventing these new ideas? So I, I have a lot of interest outside of magic. Um, so it, I, I try and draw those interests into my magic as well. Um, so I have interest, for example, in photography, GoPro photography specifically. Yeah. So I'm always looking on Instagram for GoPro hashtags and uh, GoPro subreddit and Reddit and, and different places and looking for kind of creative places and ways that people are using GoPros um, because I think there's be a fun way to share my magic with GoPros and seeing different perspectives on it. And um, yeah, so that's that's one. I always look at design blogs as well. So if you know Toxel.com, it's always kind of fun places to see new product ideas and how other people are thinking. I think, you know, you can build off of ideas. That's what magicians are really good at is taking existing ideas and, and building on them, making them your own and, and looking at things in a different perspective. That's, you know, some of the old magic principles are, you know, hundreds of years old and magicians fool each other with them. Even although we're familiar with the idea and how the principles work, we can still fool each other because we have a different perspective on them. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And now I know you're into skydiving as well. And uh, mm-hmm. I remember reading a post of yours recently that made me laugh. You said you were you were on a trip and and you were trying to get a uh, a parachute through TSA, which right. <laughs> is uh, <laughs> always a challenge, right? <laughs> they don't want to let you on the plane with a, it's a, a it's parachute. A, it, it shouldn't be a challenge because TSA allows it. So I always have to carry the documents that in the TSA manual essentially that show that parachutes are allowed. Yeah. But it's you know it's a little bit of a comedy every time I come through the airport and. And they say, what is that? And I say, it's a parachute. And say, no, 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 you can't bring that in the plane. And then, you know, <laughs> supervisors and swabs and everything else. And then, you know, five minutes later, I'm carrying a parachute in the plane, which is which is always fun as well because you get to see what other people are. They wonder what you know that they don't know, you know. <laughs> I just did magic last night. I was I was heading back from uh, a speaking gig in Puerto Rico. And they said, do you have a bowling pin in your carry-on bag? And I said, yes, I do. And, <laughs> and then... Uh, they said, why? And I said, well, I'm a magician. And, 
And then it ended up being a show for the TSA agents. So I ended up doing a show for them. And they, and they, they, they had fun. It was, it was great. And you've done that too. You've done magic for TSA, right? Yeah. You know, you always bring weird props or, you know, I, I carry, I would carry my magic kit as hand luggage just because I, I would never want to lose that. Same and, here. um, yeah. you know, there's all sorts of weird things packaged together that, you know, they, by themselves, it could be normal, but also when they're in like one bag, all packaged together, they become weird. And then, um, so you, you know, you get a few questions and then, you know, one or two effects later and, Everyone's happy. So I actually have, I have a picture on my Instagram of me doing magic in Montenegro for all the airport security. And of course, there's like a line of people like, you know, backed up. Um, some of them who are happy to see the magic and some of them who just want to get through security. But yeah. What is your Instagram you do, so you people can check it out? Because I know you've got uh, a lot of cool pictures at, on there. At, it's at Doug McKenzie, D-O-U-G-M-C-K-E-N-Z-I-E. I, you know, I post a lot of pictures of my travel and my hobbies. And again, I'm a big fan of GoPro, so I put a lot of GoPro pictures. I just I re- posted a fun one, which was uh, a GoPro in my mouth, taking a bite of a rainbow bagel. So it's this new craze in my neighborhood. We sell these rainbow bagels. You know, so these interesting perspectives and I find weird ways of using them. You know, I remember one uh, that you took on that trip recently, uh, where you came up with a clever way because you didn't have a, um, where you threw the GoPro up in the air. Yeah, yeah, that's a picture. fun one. So, yeah. um, you know, I went to Panama and I was there to skydive and I couldn't bring my rig and my my drone in the same hand luggage. It was just too much equipment. So I brought my GoPro and I went to a beach on a little island called, uh, well, it's in the San Blas Islands. And I wanted to get an aerial shot. So I put my GoPro on burst mode and then threw it as high as I could in the air. And it took 30 pictures. It can do it in one second, but I set it to three seconds. And um, I got some pretty awesome shots from that. So if you are traveling and you don't have your drone with you, you can get some cool aerials with just uh, going in the air. You know? That's great. It's uh, As you know, George Melier, who was a, a French magician um, back in the 1800s, late 1800s, was the inventor. He was called the, the father of special effects because he was the one right. who created stop trick photography and the dissolve and multiple exposures. And he was the subject of the movie Hugo, which came out a few years ago, very popular. Right. But this guy literally invented the horror film genre and special effects. And it's amazing how magicians now, like yourself, are using GoPros to do these things that uh, you know were originally thought of back then. But now we have this new technology that can do these amazing things. And we just – I think magicians always try to stay one step ahead of technology, wouldn't you say? Yeah, it's fun. You can actually take technology and use it um, in fun ways for magic, either as part of the method or in part of the presentation. So one of the things that I love, I love cell phones and iPhones, and uh, so I was trying to incorporate those into my magic. So, you know, especially with the current situation with Apple and the FBI with guessing, you know, the PIN number for the, the terrorist's phone. So, you know, using those ideas, you know, how can you incorporate PIN numbers and, phone numbers and things like that into magic as well. I think it's, it's definitely an interesting approach. You and, had an um, entire video. Well, a, mo- a lot of the video was iPhone magic that you did, and it was uh, – didn't Delta Airlines pick it up? And, and it went uh, – yeah, the video went viral, it was, right? It was filmed for coolhunting.com. Um, it was sponsored by Lincoln Cars, and it went a lot further than I expected, actually. It went on Delta Airlines, and then I got text messages from friends saying they saw it at movie theaters before – couple movies and yeah it was it was pretty good and then you know it was interesting i had a client that used to book me you know every year for like their holiday party and that year they were thinking about doing something totally different 
um, because they'd booked me for three or four years in a row. And then the guy got in the plane and he saw the Delta video and immediately when he landed said, it's a sign. I have to call you. And again. <laughs> That's <laughs> great. I remember <laughs> being on a couple of flights and seeing that video. It was very yeah. cool. Is it still online? Can people check it out? It is. It is. It's, um, if you Google my name, Doug McKenzie and cool hunting, uh, it's on there or you can go to my website, dougmckenzie.com. It's one of the videos. It's the first one on there. Yeah. Now you do a lot of consulting for companies and I know you've lectured at uh, NYU and Princeton uh, talking mm-hmm. about uh, creativity and magic and different ways of thinking. You also have a, a group. Is it the Pandora group? Yeah, it's myself and my buddy Ryan Oaks. He's oh, Ryan's a great a guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And we kind of tried to figure out how to use magic in a more marketing sense. So we try and figure out ways of uh, making your product or your brand perform. So the magician isn't the focus, the effect, it's the product or brand. And usually the effect or the trick um, highlights the benefits of your product or brand um, so that people can remember or the, the, the marketing messages are communicated in a memorable way for the consumer. So. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Now, you, uh, we first met years ago when I was working with David Copperfield and uh, mm-hmm. you came on board and you were helping us out with some stuff in New York when we were doing some magic in Times Square there. And you've worked with a lot of other magicians since then. Uh, who are some mm-hmm. of the people that you worked with? So, you know, it's funny because that was actually my big start was working with you and, and Copperfield. And, you know, using that, I kind of leveraged that experience into working with other TV shows and other magicians. So, you know, I've worked with David Blaine. I did a lot of David shows for 10 years. Um, I produced... Dynamo shows in the UK. Um, I just produced the Matt Franco, who won America's Got Talent last year. So sure. on NBC at the end of last year. Um, so yeah, it keeps me very busy, and it's it's kind of a fun little genre to, you know, specialize in television magic. It's not something that a lot of people have experienced, and somehow I've kind of fallen into that um, that that job. It's, it's been it's been fun. How different it's is it performing magic on TV? Uh, versus oh, totally uh, for different. a live audience. Totally different because uh, of a few things. The first is um, the magic has to be a lot faster paced. You know, you have to keep people's attention, so it has to be visual. It has to be something that tells a story very quickly. You can't cut, so, you know, things have to flow very quickly. You can't misdirect the camera very easily. So, you know, we it's definitely difficult in some areas, and we have, you know, some liberties in other areas. And, and of course, there's a, there's a moral dilemma of where you draw the lines to make sure there's no camera tricks and how do you prove that to the audience and, you know, how do you protect magic? I mean, there's, there's situations that come up, for example, where, you know, if you watch the footage three times in a row, you might be able to figure something out. So how do you protect the method in a way that still keeps the, the magic effects true, you know? Um, and a lot of magicians kind of have these issues with that. You know, if you go on YouTube, it used to be that people see a magic show on TV and they'd see it once and they were fooled and that was it. But now people post these magic shows on YouTube and then people comment and it becomes a little bit of a cat and mouse game trying to protect the magic and the method uh, while at the same time making the magic um, genuine, you know. Sure. Yeah, in today's age of the you know DVR and pausing things on YouTube and everything, uh, first of all, the camera doesn't blink, as you know, and then people can stop it and watch it over and over again like you say. And, uh, and they can I, zoom in and, they, you know, it's all, all these things that, it, it, like I said, it's cat and mouse. Like, when you produce a magic show, now you have to anticipate, okay, how, how will this work uh, if someone watches it three times in a row? 
Uh, what if they zoom in? And then, like I said, people comment and then, you know, someone might catch like a little bit of something and then they comment on it. And now they're sharing the ideas with the community. And so, you know, part of the job is to protect those things, not just for ourselves, but for, for the spectator as well. You know, you don't want it to ruin it for everybody. So. Well, I've seen all the uh, most, at least most of the work that you've done for TV, and I think you do a really mm-hmm. good job at that, at maintaining the integrity Thank you. and and keeping the audience's trust. You know, there are shows out there where you watch what you see on TV or online, and there is no way they can recreate that in person. But everything right. I've seen you do, you can actually do that in person. And like yeah, you said, you, you might use something so that it, it appears better on, on TV and in a way that they're going to see it better. They're going to – that's how they're going to remember it if they were there live. And you can right. use the camera to get in and, and show angles that they wouldn't normally be able to see if they were you know, there in a crowd of people or something like that because the camera's straight on. Right. Sometimes we are forced to use pickup shots so you know where you film something specially for the camera just so the audience at home gets to – really experience and see what people there saw um, in a clear and concise way. Um, but, I, you know, I try and not use pickup shots so I don't have to. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. yeah. And, you know, I learned something kind of fun on, on my last show I worked on, which was in that Franco show, is we, we did this effect where we made a minion appear for family, um, family in Universal Studios. And when I originally saw the effect, you know, I thought, Okay, you know, this people if they watch this, they can kind of figure out how it works if they watch it a few times. But then I saw this little kid's reaction. It's probably like a five year old kid when this minion appeared. And just to look at his face made me not even care about how it worked. It that was pure magic, just his expression. And it made me realize that sometimes, you know, the method isn't even important, it's just the effect that it has on people. And even if an adult could figure out how it works if they watched it a few times. They wouldn't really care because of the joy in the little kid's face. Yeah. You know? That's what it's about at the end of the day. That's great. Yeah. Now, talk a little bit about David Blaine. How did you meet David and start working with him? Oh, that's kind of a fun story. So many, many years ago, I worked um, as a personal assistant to a New York socialite So when I was in college. And through her, I met some interesting people. Um, She used to have these Christmas parties at her house. And it would be, you know, David Bowie and Harvey Keitel and um, Mila Jovich, Lipata, all these people, you know, hanging out in her in her living room, essentially. And so through her little circle of friends, I met um, Sting's family. And through Sting's son, I met David. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Kind of a little New York little circle. That's awesome. Social circle. And, yeah. and you guys, did, you hit it off right away, I'm sure. Yeah, so, you know, I, before I even worked with David, we became friendly, you know, both ride motorcycles and had interests in magic and, um, you know, he, already knew a lot David's of David's interested people. in magic, um, Blaine? He, he does have an interest in magic? Yeah, <laughs> very much so. Yeah, he's awesome. Um, so, yeah, we had, we had, you know, a few mutual friends, and so we became friends first and then started to work together on shows and ideas. Um. Yeah, he's 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 an interesting guy. Very very talented guy who will really go the extra mile for an effect. So it doesn't matter how much training, how much pain. He's a very dedicated guy, and uh, he he always achieves what he wants to achieve, which is amazing. You're right. Sometimes he does not take shortcuts most of the time, and no. uh, sometimes the method he does is real. You know, he'll stick a needle through his hand or whatever, and we think, you know, you could 
you could do that uh, in a trick way, but he doesn't. He takes uh, he does it the, the well, real he, way. Legitimately. He actually prefers to do it the hard way. Yeah. you know, so he's he's very much sticks to being authentic with all of that stuff. He um, he prefers if, if it can be done for real, then he will do it for real. Well, uh, if people want to check you out, uh, you mentioned your website is uh, DougMcKenzie.com. Mm-hmm. And if you go to YouTube, uh, look up Cool Hunting and uh, Delta or Lincoln, and they can find you, Doug McKenzie. Yeah, it's also, cool it's also on my website. If you go to DougMcKenzie.com under the media section, you can see it. And there's all other uh, there's a bunch of other cool videos of you on YouTube performing for LeBron James. There's a video of you stealing John Mayer's watch, which is kind of fun yeah, to fun uh, see. And uh, so, so uh, for the listeners out there, go out there and check it out. Just uh, search for Doug McKenzie online, and you can see him if you need him for any consulting services or any uh, performing services, and uh, check it out. So, Doug, I'd like to thank you for stopping by the show. You're, you're one of my favorite magicians, as I mentioned earlier, and you're just a great guy, which is why you're one of my favorite magicians. You're you're a normal guy, and you uh, you have interests in many different things, which makes you a better performer overall. And uh, Lots of interesting stories. We'll have you back on uh, another time. So thanks for stopping by. Thank you so much. The feeling mutual. Oh, thank you very much, Doug. Well, that was another episode of Innovates. Uh, check out uh, Doug McKenzie online. You can go to DougMcKenzie.com. Look for him there. And uh, until next time, stay curious. Thanks for listening to the Innovates podcast featuring speaker and innovation expert Michael Mode. Make sure to check back on the 8th. We will post new episodes of Innovates on the 8th, 18th, and 28th of the month. The Innovates podcast is part of the Podcast Detroit Network. For more information about Michael Mode and his corporate speaking and consulting services, please visit Innovates.com. That's I-N-N-O-V-E-I-G-H-T-S.com or BigLightBulb.com. This is a previously recorded episode of